Good morning and happy Sabbath, everybody. Good morning and happy Sabbath, everybody. Oh, come on. We could do better than that. Come on now. Come on now. Has God been good to you? Come on now. We could do better than that. Good morning and happy Sabbath, everybody. It is indeed a privilege and an honor to be in God's presence just one more time. For he is truly an amazing and awesome God. And we thank God for uh, the Sabbath. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of a holy and mighty God. Um, at this time, we just want to just say thank you and welcome to each and every one of you for taking time out, uh, for coming and spending time with us um, on this beautiful Sabbath morning. Um, we want to give a special welcome to our brother, uh, Brother Harvey. Could you just wave your hand, Brother Harvey? God bless you. God bless you. We thank God for you for being here today, um, for taking time out and just gracing us. We know that they, you could be somewhere else, but we thank God that you are here today. And the Sister Elaine, I think, your, is that your brother, Sister Ben? Is that your brother's brother, Michael? God bless you. God bless you. We thank God for you for being here. Yeah, happy birthday. Yes, yes, we're getting there. Yeah, yeah, just a couple of days ago. We talked. Amen. We're going to get to that birthday. Amen. But thanks for the reminder because, see, the way my brain works sometimes. <laughs> but we thank God for you. Thank you so much. We praise God for you. Um, but we are so excited to be here today. Um, we want to give a special shout out. You know, we welcome everybody here in the physical space, but I want to give a special welcome um, to Sister Gail Monroe, amen, who view us online faithfully, amen, all the way from Ripley, Mississippi, amen. So we praise God for you. Uh, she doesn't know that I'm doing this, amen, but we praise God for you for tuning in. God bless you, and we praise God for all of our online visitors. We thank God for you. Um, we know that you can tune in somewhere else, especially during this virtual time that we're in. Um, it's a click of a button and you can be somewhere else. And so we thank God that you are here with us. So we welcome you um, out in the virtual space, viewing us by Facebook, YouTube, um, even viewing us on our Roku page. We praise God for you. Amen. Our Instagram, all the different platforms, we praise God uh, for you. And this is a new month. We had a wonderful August. Now we're in September. Time is moving. Amen. And I know we have some birthdays. Sister Elaine, we celebrate with you. Amen. 16 years. <laughs> is that all right? You don't mind. 61 years. Amen. 60. 60. 67. She put her thumb up. Amen. Amen. She loved the Lord. Come on, somebody. Amen. <laughs> We praise God for you. Sister Bibbs want to sing a song for you. Happy birthday. That's sister love right there. That's that sister love. She hit that sister love note right there. We praise God for you. Are we? Do we have anyone else selling a birthday in the month of September? Kwame. Amen. We have a lot of Septembers in here. 
I'm September. The whole praise Daddy team. September. My son. Brother Mike waving this. Brother Reed. September. Sister, how many is that? Is that like 13? It's a lot of them. I'm enjoying this. Well, we celebrate all of our birthdays, amen. Just to take that song and we spread that around in all of September, all of the anniversaries, amen. If you're celebrating an anniversary in the month of, if you're celebrating an anniversary this month, can you wave your hand, any, any anniversary marriages? On the 13th, how many years? Six years. That's worthy, that's worthy, that's worthy. I remember my six years. Amen. And we're still here. Praise God. Uh, so we celebrate all of our anniversaries, all of our birthdays. We thank God for you. Um, and we give you all praise, honor, glory. Just a couple of more announcements, and I'm going to get out of your way. On next Sabbath, we do have a guest speaker coming, Pastor Elijah Johnson. We'll be celebrating our youth and young adults. So we encourage you to tell a family and a friend to be here on next Sabbath. Also on Friday, next this coming Friday night, amen, downstairs at 7 p.m., amen, for those... We are having a night, a, a Vespers. Um, this is announcement is coming from our AY leader. He's wasn't able to be here now, um, but we want you to mark your calendars for that special time as we have a rap session as we discuss. So please, young folk, young adults, come out on Friday so we can have this time together. And then on Sabbath morning at 11 o'clock, we'll meet here where we'll continue with our celebration as Pastor Elijah Johnson will be speaking the word. Amen. So please be ready for that. Also, as we continue to keep in prayer our upcoming revival and evangelistic effort, which will begin on October the 29th. October 29th, and we'll run all the way to November the sec no November the 12th. November the 12th. So we want you to mark your calendars for that. Um, keep us in prayer as we continue to do the will of the Lord. God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is good. Amen. Let us bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, again, we're so thankful, so privileged, and so honored to be able to come before you on this beautiful Sabbath day. You are truly an amazing God. Without you, we're hopelessly lost, but with you, we are more than conquerors, and we give you all praise, honor, and glory for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're about to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the people of God say amen and amen again. Happy Sabbath, everyone. Happy Sabbath. You know, do you ever think about the different many reasons why you love the Lord? One, he woke you up this morning. Amen. Clothed in your right mind. Amen. You know, a lot of people can't say that. But the mere fact that you came and you had a desire to come to church this morning. Amen. We praise the Lord for that.
Do you love the Lord? Do you love the Lord? Amen. Praise God. As we gather our thoughts, as we transition our hearts and minds to prayer, it's great to know, it's good to know, it's wonderful to know that we serve a God that loves us in spite of ourselves, that is able to take all of our hurts and all of our pain. He knows what to do with those things. He knows how to handle them. He knows how to manage them. He knows exactly what to do. And so, so it's a blessing to be able to come before him, the one and only God. For what he has in store for us, eyes have not seen nor ears have heard what he has in store for us. So as we gather our hearts, our thoughts, we want to remember in prayer uh, the Wellington family um, as they mourned the loss of a family member, a nephew, just yesterday. We want to keep Sister Christina and Elder Wellington and the family in prayer. Uh, Sister Kennedy, the whole family, Nicole, we keep her lifted up in prayer. I've never lost a son. Um, but uh, the pain of losing a loved one is you, you just can't begin to compare with other loss. And so we lift her up in prayer. Yeah. Uh, keep her ever before the throne of God. We also want to keep um, another young man by the name of Bobby. You don't know him. Um, I had a privilege of meeting him and his wife of about a month or so ago. Elder Wellington, you went, sent me a text. And I went to the hospital. They were in need of a pastoral visit. And I stopped by there and met them all the way from Indiana. And I sat with them and talked with them. Well, Bobby texted me just the other day and shared with me that his wife, Christina, um, had passed. And so we want to keep um, Bobby in prayer as he mourns the loss of his wife. Um, so we want to keep him lifted up. Um, there are other pains and aches that we're experiencing throughout our church and throughout our community. The situation in Jackson, Mississippi, even in our own backyard, we still have family members that are dealing with the water issue and the water flooded out of their homes and being misplaced. And, but there is a God. I just want to encourage you. I just want you to know that there is a God no matter what you experience. And he is able. He's able. He's able. So I encourage you, those that want to draw close to the altar, we do invite you to come to the altar. And we invite you who remain in your seats, if you can reverently kneel as we approach God's throne. It is prayer time.
Our amazing God and Father, Lord and King, ruler and master of everything. We come to you with bowed heads, humble hearts, O God, laying our petitions before thee. But before we speak a word about what we're needing of you, we want to say thank you. Thank you for covering us. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you for protecting us from danger seen and unseen. As we approach your throne, God, we again can't do that without asking you for forgiveness of our sins. I ask that you will cleanse us even now from all unrighteousness and uh, uh, help us to reflect you, God. Help us to be a mere image of your character. Our going out, our coming in, let it resonate your glory. We thank you for your, your death, your burial, and your resurrection. So, Father, as we come again, Father, point out our hearts to thee. We want to lift up before you in a very special way the Wellington family. Father, you know the experience of death, loss, and hurt, and pain. But no one can compare to the loss of a son like you. No one knows the hurt like you. Even those of us who may have lost a loved one. Each loss is different. Each relationship is different. But one thing about the God that we serve, you love us all equally. At the foot of the cross is level. You died for the sins of the world. And so, Father, we say be with the family. We ask that you will cover them even now and let them see you in the midst of this difficult time. Wrap your loving arms around the Wellington family. Be with Nicole as she processed the news of her son. Take her in your arms, God, and hold her close. Do a new thing in her father. Let her see you even now, God. We pray for her, her her strength in you. We lift up before you Bobby, oh God, who lost his wife, uh, Katrina, this week, oh God. We ask that you will be with him during this time of bereavement as he lay his wife, his beloved, to rest. We ask, oh God, that you be with all those who are bereaved this week, this day, that you will cover them and that you will keep them Father, there are those here in our midst that are battling with aches and pains. Uh, Father, they had to press their way out this morning, but they are here in the space. We pray for them today, oh God, that you will give them strength, that you will heal them in a very special way, that when they leave here, they will not leave here the same way they came. We also pray for those that are viewing online, We ask that you will cover and keep. You know the circumstances. You know their situation. You know what they're dealing with. We pray your hands upon them, O God, that you will take them, O God, to that next level. Father, we're also just asking your covering over the families in Jackson and the families here in St. Louis that have been displaced as a result of the water situation. 
cover us, oh God. We need you. Direct us in the way that we should go. We pray for those that are standing around this altar, God, that have come close, drawn near to you. You know what they need. Pour out a special blessing this morning, oh God. Touch them right now as they stand, as they contemplate. Move on them right now with your Holy Spirit. And let them know that you have them in the palm of your hand, oh God. We ask that you will cover those who are at their seat right now. That you will do a great work in them as well. And you know what we need before we're even in need of it. And so, Father, have your way today. We give you permission this morning. Thank you for our family and friends and visitors that have come out to experience this Sabbath worship with you. Draw us close. Guide us into thy presence, O oh God. Do what you do, Lord Jesus. We also ask that you would be with this service today, that you will let your anointing fall afresh, fall afresh on us, Lord Jesus. Send your Holy Spirit on this day, O oh God. Speak to us. Speak to us, O oh God. Speak to us in the name of Jesus. And we'll be ever so mindful to give you all the praise and all the honor. Lord, we love you this morning. Oh, yes, we thank you. And we bless you. And we give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. And it's in your son's name that we pray. In Jesus' name, let the people of God say amen. And amen. morning did anybody have to get drug in here this morning did everybody come in with two eyes this morning can you see me this morning can you see my walk can you hear me talk can you see me wave my hand can you repeat after me hallelujah hallelujah so that means something to me that means that we've got some nice cars on the parking lot father Pastor, ask me how I know when you go outside, somebody's going to show you so. We've got some good-looking people in the house today. Amen. Look around. Don't they look good? Amen. 
because God has blessed them. Somebody got blessed uh, coming in, uh, Paul. I'm going to tell you how good God is. My brother was flying in from Nebraska, coming out of Omaha. He got there and was ready to see his sisters at 8 o'clock on Thursday night. But God had a blessing for him. He said, no, Michael, you can't get on that flight. You got to get on another flight. Michael got mad. He said, now, I know good and well I'm not going to get kicked off this flight today. I know that I'm going to see my sisters, and I told them to pick me up at 8 o'clock. No, I wasn't going to pick him up, and you know Elaine wasn't going to get him, right? <laughs> so we had somebody waiting in the wing. Rod, Rod was going to get him. But he called Rod, and he said, Rod, don't pick me up at 8. Get me at midnight. He was mad, Paul. Did you hear what I said? Because he had to get on another flight. Pastor, he was mad. Say he told them people, say, y'all going to get me off this. I, I got my ticket two weeks ago. Put somebody else off the plane. I ain't getting off. I'm mad. They come by, they said, look here, Brother Michael. We got something for you. If you could just put your hand out. Put your hand out. Put your hand out. There you go. Say, Brother Michael, we got a $800 check for you. Now, if God ain't good, he wasn't even looking for that blessing. Amen. But I'm going to need Amen. 80 of them dollars, Michael, today. I'm going to need them $80. He wasn't expecting that $800. God had already known that we needed to get an extra $80 in here today. Come on, somebody help me out. God has been so good. And if God has been so good to you like he's been good to Michael, he's been so good to me, Pastor. And I just want to show you how I feel about it. I'm just going to smile about it. <laughs> I wish I had two people in here that could smile about how the Lord has blessed them. Let's see. Yes. I wish I had two people in here that can shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Now, come on, give us some of that hallelujah money. Let us pray. Deacons, as you come forward. Yeah, we want that hallelujah money. That's all this all is about. Oh, yeah. Dig in your pockets and get the money. It doesn't take much. These lights got to stay on. That air conditioner has to roll. We walking in on good carpet this morning. Nice seats. Michael, doesn't it look good in here? Amen, everybody. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for all the abundance that you placed around us. God, we thank you for the sunshine. We thank you for the rain this morning. Lord, we thank you for the extra money that's going to come in from somewhere this morning. Lord, we thank you for the faithful saints. We thank you for the saints that are about to be faithful. We're thankful for the ones that's going to come in a little bit in the future, God. We're already receiving it. We're already calling it blessed. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, and we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Oh, <laughs> 
Amen. Come on, we can put our hands together. We can do better than that. The God who covers, who set up shop around us, whom shall I fear? I don't need to worry about anything or anyone. All is well. All is well. For he set his angels to take charge over me. All is well. Ain't God good? Ain't God good? Thank you so much. I feel something there. For he set his angels to, to cover me and to keep me. Thank you so much for that. Man, I feel something there. And try to and try to get through this. And try to get through this. Because I tell you, God is good when you I think of the goodness of Jesus. And all that he's done for me. Well, you don't know like I know. Well, I'm gonna try to get through this this morning. I'm gonna try my best. I'm gonna try my best. When I look back over my life, see all those moments and those times when I shouldn't be here. He said, His angels are set up around me. Hey, 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 hey. Hey! Oh, I'm, I'm gonna do my best. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my best. I'm gonna do my best. Something's pushing me. Something's, something's pushing me. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey. I'm going to do my best. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you, you need to know, you need to know, you need to know that when, the, when, God is, when God has done something for you, when God has done something for you, I, you, know, you just can't keep it to yourself. You really, you really can't keep it to yourself. Well, but I thank God every day of my life for never giving up on me. Even when I told him, leave me alone. Even when I told him, you got me mixed up. You, you don't want me. You don't want me. Leave, leave me alone. Go find somebody else to, to preach your word and to teach and to be a good citizen. Go, go talk to somebody else. But he never gave up on me. And I'm so glad he didn't give up on me. Praise God for never giving up. Amen. Thank you so much, praise team musicians god bless you your gifts your talents always god is so good he is so good and he is truly worthy he is truly worthy to be praised and we're going to give him the praise amen god is so good we want to go ahead and get into our word today found in the book of ephesians uh, chapter 2 and we want to start with verse 1, and we'll read all the way down uh, to verse 10. 
And when you find it, please stand with me in honor of the reading of the word of God. If you have your iPads or your tablets or your iPhone, your smartphone, your D-plus phone, <laughs> your Android phone, your flip phone. And I don't think the flip phone do that. I don't think the your track phone, I don't think those phones do this. I don't think they have this capability. They got some new ones that flip and do all it. My Lord, your flip phone, <laughs> Z phone, or whatever you have, bring it. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2, and I'll read the first verse. You read the second, and we'll go back and forth as such. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Among whom also we are all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace ye have been saved. Verse 7 says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Amen. Verse 9, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Today I want us to just linger on the idea, but God by grace. But God by grace. Loving Lord, again, we are so thankful and so privileged and honored to be able to come before you on this beautiful Sabbath morning. We give you praise, honor, and glory. Uh, we ask now, God, that you will speak to us through thy word, for thy word is true. Um, I must now decrease that the word of God may increase into your hands. I commit my spirit in Jesus' name. Let the people of God say amen and amen again. But God, by grace, many times I've heard uh, this, but God, uh, many times I've heard the talk about grace, I've heard the talk about God moving in uh, miraculous ways, and um, I can honestly attest to the fact that, that God is the God that moves in uh, miraculous ways, not because I've heard somebody talk about it, although I've heard it before I actually experienced it. 
but now I stand here this morning as someone who has truly experienced um, God working um, in miraculous ways. And one of the things that we find here in our text as um, we read here that the Apostle Paul shares with us is that there was this confusion about the fact that man um, can save himself, one, and that man, um, number two, that we can work our way into salvation. And, and so we have to understand that first and foremost that we can't um, save ourselves. That the truth of the matter is none of us would be here if it had not been for God drawing us. None of us, it's not our bright idea. It wasn't something that we desired to do. Let's just be real in here this morning. Um, it wasn't really mama telling you to come, although we thank God for mamas and we thank God for daddies that encourage us to come along. But the real deal is, is that God is drawing us. Now, here it is right here. Um, sometimes we don't take heed to God's drawing. Sometimes we don't take heed to God's pulling. Um, it kind of gives you the sense that you have more power than God because God is pulling, but you're not coming. So therefore, you're stronger than God. Thank you so much. Um, but the reality is, is that God gives us all choices. And that's, what's, that's, that, that, that's what we want to look at this morning um, as we look at by God's, uh, but God, uh, 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 by grace. Um, uh, the fact that, 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 that God gives every last one of us a choice. Uh, we, we all have a decision to make. We all have a choice to make. And at the end of the day, God is not going to interfere um, with your choice. Amen. But God will continue like any loving mother or like any loving father would do or any loving parent um, would do, will continue to encourage you to, to go study now. You know you need to go study or go, go, go clean your room because we're trying to instill morals in you. We're trying to instill good values in you. Um, we, 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 we're trying to help you out because one day you will leave the house. You're going to go out on your own, and we want you to take with you some good, some good values and some good morals and some good teaching. Amen. And so we're going to continue, even though you don't like it, even though it doesn't feel Feel good because I know you want to watch your favorite program. I know you want to do your thing, but God is saying, listen, this is what you need to do in order for you to be successful in life, in order for you to live a sin-free life. You're going to have to cut some things. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult, but guess what? You have a choice. And God is not going to interfere with your choice. He could have very well stepped down from heaven when he was in the garden with Adam and Eve before they sinned. Let's just be real in here this morning. God could have very well showed up on the scene and stopped Adam and Eve in their tracks, but God chose to allow them the free will to make a choice. Amen. Even though there were consequences as a result of that choice, even though there were penalties as a result of that choice, but it doesn't change the fact that God said, I'm going to allow you to make this decision. I'm going to allow you to move according to how you feel you ought to move. But at the end of the day, you have to realize that there are some choices that you're going to have to make, that there are some consequences as a result of those choices. Are you with me this morning? And so here Paul is letting the family of God know that we have to realize first and foremost that you were made alive, which lets us know that there was a moment in your life, whether you realize it or not, while you were breathing, while you were moving, you were dead. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know you think you've always been this way, but let's be real. You weren't always this way. There was a moment in your Christianity where you were just as dead as a doorknob. And God is the one that made you alive. It's God the one that put sense in your head. It's God 
the one that gave you the ability to, to make good decisions. Although mom and daddy kind of helped you out along the way. But it was God that set you up. And so the text says here, Paul says, you are made alive. Which in other words, it said uh, 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 the works he made alive are the, are, 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 the, are, are the fact that God realized that we were dead in our sins. God knew we were dead in our sins. And so God said, listen, I'm going to help you out and give you life. God made us alive. Paul ended the last uh, this here, this here, this here text here uh, 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 by by but God uh, 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 by grace. Uh, uh, God, uh, uh, Paul understands that God is trying to move us into a place. God is trying to move us along into a place because we were dead in our trespasses and in our sins. You see, though Christians are now alive, uh, we have to realize that we must never forget that we were that w- where we where we came from. And so, when we realize that we were once dead, uh, uh, we realize that we have come from a place that we were dead in our trespasses. There are many kinds of life. We understand there are vegetable life, there are animal life, there are mental life, there is moral life and spiritual life. And being might be alive in one sense, but dead is another. You may be alive physically, but you're dead spiritually. You may be alive in one area, but you're dead in another. And Paul is trying to point this thing out that to be spiritually dead does not mean that we are physically dead. Because you can be alive with full functioning limbs and be dead. And it's easy to go through life as if we have it all together, as though we are alive because we feel good and because we smell good and we may be walking good. But the reality is you're dead. What's called dead men walking. You're dead. And Paul is trying to help us out. The word of God is trying to lead us into a space, into a place where we understand that we need Jesus. You see, we err if we think that dead in trespasses and sin says everything about man's lost conditions. It it is an error because the Bible uses many different pictures to describe the state of the unsaved man saying some things like this. uh, They are blind or or, 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 they they are a slave to sin or they are lovers of darkness. They are sick. Bible even calls us lost at times. The Bible even goes as far even to call us aliens and even strangers when we find ourselves in sin. So it's not just the fact that you are a, 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 a sinner saved by grace. That, that God said you are lost. You are children of wrath. You are under the power of darkness. It takes it to a whole nother level. Because see, to be to to just to to just trespass uh, and trespasses and in sin, you have to understand the idea behind the word trespasses. It is that we have crossed the line. We've trespassed. God said, "This is how far to go, and don't go no further." But we have taken it upon ourselves to go further. We have trespassed. The reality is sometimes you can go so far where the line becomes so blurred that you don't know just how far you have strayed away from God. 
You know that old saying, the devil will take you further than you want to go and keep it longer than you want to stay there? You've trespassed. We've trespassed. We, we, we've crossed the line. You see, we, call, we have crossed God's boundaries. And the idea behind the word uh, sins is that we have now missed the mark. So not only, not only have we crossed the line, but we've missed the mark. We've missed God's perfect standard for our lives. Trespasses speak of man as a rebel, while sin speaks of man as a failure. But before God, we are both rebels and failures. We've missed the mark. We've fallen short. And God is calling us now to that place where he is now bringing us back to his saving grace. Because we once walked in darkness. God is trying to bring us into the newness of life. At one time we lived in trespasses and sin according to the course of this world, which is, which is uh, orchestrated by Satan. You understand Satan, the prince of the air, is still very much alive among us today. And oh, how we miss it every time uh, because we find ourselves comfortably doing uh, what we feel we want to do. And that Burger King mentality where we have it our way. Uh, and, and what we have to understand that there is a devil. Uh, there is someone behind the scene that is pulling strings and manipulating the situation. And oh, we get so comfortable. Because we once walked means it should be a different for those who are made alive by Jesus Christ. You see, a dead man feels comfortable in the coffin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A dead man, he feels, he feels comfortable in the coffin. But, 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 but if he were to be made alive again, uh, uh, he, would, he would instantly feel uncomfortable. Because I'm sure if he had blood in his body, brains and life in his body, that he wouldn't just lay there in the coffin. He would be uncomfortable. But the dead man is comfortable. The dead man is comfortable in the sins. The dead man is comfortable in the wayward life. The dead man is comfortable in doing things his own way. But the Bible says Paul is trying to help us out by letting us know that God had made you alive in Christ Jesus. Therefore, it ought to be uncomfortable when you're doing something against God. It ought to be uncomfortable now when you start to lie and cheat. It ought to be uncomfortable when you go against the commandments of God. But oh, how we become comfortable. We become comfortable when we should be uncomfortable. When it ought to bother you to sit around the table and hear conversation about another family member of God. It ought to make you feel some kind of way when you hear the, uh, the, the, the fact that, that, that someone has lost somebody. It ought to make you feel uncomfortable to look around and not see a family member that need to be. It ought to make you feel uncomfortable. It ought to make you feel uncomfortable to know that there are family and friends that are still trucking their way to a devil's hell. It ought to make you feel uncomfortable. Why we don't feel uncomfortable? Because we're comfortable in our mess. 
You see, in sin, uh, 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 we respond to Satan's guidance. In other words, the same ancient Greek word is used in Ephesians 2, 2 uh, for the word for, of Satan uh, and unbelievers as it is used in Ephesians 3, 20 for the power of God that works in a believer. Guidance. You see, we once were among the sons of disobedience, proven by our, dis, by, by our conduct. We embrace the lust of the flesh. We are to be reminded of what we have been delivered from and called to be a part of. God transformed you and changed you. Now you got to live that life. Oh, how God steps in and changes our situation, but yet we go right back to it. I said, I'm going to set you up to a, in, a, in a place where you can thrive. I'm going to set you some folk around you where you can be able to walk in the newness of life. I'm going to place some folk in your life. I'm going to allow jobs to shut down. I'm going to allow stuff to happen because I'm trying to get you in a place where you can now be alive again because this job is keeping you dead. This relationship is keeping you dead. These finances is keeping you dead. And I'm trying to get you to a place where you are now walking in life again. I'm trying to help you to be alive in Christ. So I got to manipulate the situation sometimes. I got to allow stuff, elder person, to show up sometime because I'm trying to help you to get to that place where you are alive again because you've got comfortable. You've got comfortable in your mess. So we were by nature children of wrath. It was not nature to do wrong. Nobody teach you how to be selfless, selfish. No one teach you how to be stingy and no one goes, there's no class about lying. Uh-huh. Some, some stuff, it just rolls out. You have to be taught to be honest. God got to help you to be truthful. By putting laws in place to let you know that if you lie, there are, there are consequences. By nature, we are children of wrath because our surrender to the old man, the world, and the devil, we were by nature children of wrath. We rightfully deserve God's wrath and deserve it because of who we were by our heritage. We deserve to be punished. None of us in here deserve any of this. It's easy to get to the point where we feel like that we have arrived. Just want to snap you back real quick and take you back to the beginning that you weren't always this way. Uh, you, 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 you weren't always walking with everything going good in your life. But God. You see, God's motive in reconciliation uh, is, to, is, is to draw us back to him. You see, because of his grace, his love, uh, 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 with but and because, in other words, Paul explained God's reason behind reconciling us to himself. Uh, and these reasons are found totally in God. Uh, the reasons are his rich mercy and his great love, uh, which he focused in on us, his mercy and his love. Uh, 
In other words, God does what God do because of who God is. I want to help somebody this morning and make you realize that God loved you even before you mess up. That God loved you even before you you were were alive. God loved you before the foundation of this world. God loved you even before the fall. Even in the garden, God loved you. But now that we have fallen, now that we have strayed, God is not saying, I love you. I'm going to start loving you. He's always loved you. The love was always there. God is just letting you know just how much that he loves you by sticking with you even in your mess. They're showing up in you, with you even in your discomfort. They're letting you know that I've always been there just like a mother who has a child. I loved you from the beginning and now that you've messed up, my love hasn't changed. I hadn't stopped loving you because you dropped out of school. I hadn't stopped loving you because you got a child out of wedlock. I haven't stopped loving you because you choose to do things your way. I haven't stopped loving you because you choose to not go to church anymore. I haven't stopped loving you. If anything, I'm going to love you more. If anything, I'm going to show you just how much I love you. By loving you even in your mess up. By loving you even when it's uncomfortable. I'm going to love you in spite of yourself hey and so God is showing up he's speaking to Paul he's letting Paul know uh, to let the family of God know uh, that this love didn't just start because of the fall the love was always there love was always there and so he loved us that we might bear his image that we might share in his glory. You see, behind the good news of God's salvation offered in Jesus is the fact that this mercy and love is extended to us. God could have very well shut the door and said, get out, you no good nobody. I've created you in a perfect state. I've created you with a perfect mind and a perfect body. I did everything right and you chose. And instead of God shutting the door and kicking us out to fend for ourselves, he chose to step down and walk amongst us. He chose to live amongst us. So God said, I'm going to show you just how much I love you. I'm going to show you just how much I care for you by sticking by you when everybody else has ran out on you. You see, this is God's love. This is God's mercy. This is God's grace extended to us, letting us know you deserve death, but I'm not going to give it to you. I remember, I remember when I was a child, you know, I'm always putting my business out there, and I'm going to need y'all to pray for me that I don't run y'all up out of here with my stories. <laughs> but I got in trouble one time. I got in big trouble. I, was in some, I knew I was in trouble. I knew what to do. You know, you've been in trouble so much. You, 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 know, you know the position. You, you know what you need to do. You know how to prepare yourself. You know, some of us used to throw on extra jeans and whatnot. 
but I tried to prepare myself for what was about to come. And I knew I deserved every bit of it. And I thank God because my daddy came on in and he sat down next to me. Now, this was different because my dad, normally, he just come in with the thunder. There is no explanation. There is no talking it out. There is no asking me why. There is no, I wish he was here today. My dad's deceased. But, I, he, he, you know, he just, he just come on in with it and he just let you know, you know, because you know you're wrong. So we don't need to talk about it. You knew what you did before you did it. You knew it was wrong before you did it. I know you knew you was, it was wrong because what I heard was that you snuck. See, whenever you sneaking, it's wrong. That's an indication that you shouldn't be doing it because you're sneaking. I'm trying to help somebody. And so I came in. I was trying to prepare. And my dad, even though I deserved it, he sat down next to me and he talked to me. And after he talked to me, he got up and he left. And I sat on that bed for the next three weeks wondering, when is it going to go down? And all he did was talk to me. He didn't give me what I deserve. God is saying, I'm not giving you what you deserve. The reality is you are choosing your own fate when you disobey the commands that I have laid before you. I could take the commands away. I could take the promise away and be in every right to do so. But see, I loved you before you messed up. I loved you before the fall. Why am I now going to abandon you because you messed up? And so God is showing us that he, he made us alive together in Christ. By grace, we have been saved. Paul is compelled to add here that this is the work of God's grace. In other words, in no way involving man's merit, there is nothing any one of us can do to warrant God's grace. God is doing this because of God. It's not because of your good looks. It's not because of your pedigree. Mama been saved all her life. Therefore, this is trickling down to me. Let me help you out, brothers and sisters. It has nothing to do with you whether mama was saved or not. God's grace is still extended to you. Whether mama accepted, whether daddy accepted, whether you accepted, how many people were laying in the grave that have not accepted the goodness of God, but that doesn't negate the fact that God died for them as well. Oh, I don't want to be that. I don't want that to be my fate. But God extends something to me, and I refuse to take it. By grace, you have been saved. Our salvation, our rescue from spiritual death is God's work done for the undeserving. We don't deserve it. But God says, I'm going to do this anyhow. And still, Paul goes on a little further as he talks about we will be sitting together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus Oh, I thank God that we are a new place. We have a new place that we can call home. I'm, I'm so glad that, that, that yet while I'm here, I'm just, I'm just passing through. Come on, somebody. I'm just, I'm just so glad that, that I don't have to call this home. Amen. I'm just, a, I'm just a pilgrim passing through. You see, my home is in glory. Come on, somebody. I wish I had somebody right there. My home 
is in glory. My home is being made without hands. Come on, somebody. See, this is not brick and mortar that we're talking about. I'm talking about eyes have not seen, uh, nor ears have heard uh, what God has in store for us. I'm talking about a place, a place where I can never get put out, a place where I don't have to worry about rent going up. Oh, I wish I had some help in here. I'm talking about a place, amen, uh, that I can call home. Uh, streets are paved with gold. Uh, I I'm talking about a place that God has set aside. Uh, for me with my name on it. Amen. I got my own spot. Amen. Come see me sometime. But that's if you make it there. I wish I had somebody there. Uh, the God said, this is not your home. You're just passing through. So I need you to conduct yourself now like you're passing through and quit acting like this is your final destination. We living like this is it. Like everything. I'm all in as we say. But, but this ain't it. There is something after this. You see, one way we see the greatness of, of the grace of God is, is to see how he, he begs for us to receive it. He begs for us. He's pleading for us. You see, that's how good it is. You know, whenever somebody, you know, you know here, here, you know, uh, uh, whenever we beg somebody for something, you know, we'll stop and say, wait a minute, you, you, acting, you, you know, you're trying awful hard to get me to buy this here car. You're trying to sell, you know, make you wonder, amen. It's like, man, you, 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 you trying too hard to get me to, 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 to invest in this. You, you trying, but, but, but see, God is saying, hey, I'm going I'm to go above and beyond. I'm trying hard because, see, I know how good it really is. I know what it's all about. So I want you to know that this is my love. I can't help but to try hard because my love won't let me come third or, 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 or second best. My love is going to come top notch. So I'm going to try as hard as I can to get you to come in on the other side. I'm going to try as hard as I can to get you to realize that what I have for you is better than silver and it's better than gold. What I have for you, money came by. I just need somebody to understand that God is basically just letting us know that I'm trying this way. I'm going about it this way because this is the only way that you will be able to get into the kingdom of God. That there is only one way and Jesus says it very clear in Matthew he says I am the way the truth and the life nobody comes to the father but by me he makes it very clear and lets us know that the only way through salvation is through him Oh, how we try so many ways. We try our own formula. We try our own remedies and God is saying the only way you're going to get in is through me. And so the whole of salvation, the whole of salvation is all of God. It's concepts, it's conception, it's accomplishments, it's offers, and it's, uh, it, it's application uh, uh, to the sinner and, 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 and representative. And, and, in other words, it's all God. It is all God. It's all a gift from God. It is not in any way the product of our works. We can't work our way into the kingdom of God. God is saying it's a gift, and I'm giving it to you freely. All you have to do is accept it, for by grace you have been saved. Paul cannot speak of this glorious work God does without reminding us that it is a gift from God.
It's a gift freely given. What are you going to do with the gift that is freely given? Then Paul goes on to tell us in verse 4, he says, but God, who is rich, after he lays it all down and reminds us to let us know that we're dead, that we are sinners, that we were lost in this world, that we were caught up in the lust of this world. And after he lays it all down to remind us just how helpless, just how hopeless we were, uh, uh, he comes now in verse 4 and says, here's the hope right here, but God, amen. No matter how far you have fallen, but God, no matter how bad off you may think you are, but God, no matter how difficult the situation may be, I need somebody in here to understand uh, that we serve a God uh, that is able to step into your situation, flip the script, turn it around, uh, and make it a way of an escape. Uh, But God is the only one uh, that can do that. But God. But God can do that. And so here it is. Remember remember that. Uh, 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 Don't ever forget it. That once we, we forget our need of a Savior, that we would not cherish him. You see, whatever, whatever you go through life, whatever you go through life and you feel, you don't feel the need of a Savior, then you're not going to cherish the Savior. You're not going to honor the Savior. Whenever you feel that you don't need the things of God, then you're going to live your life not caring about the things of God. You're going to live your life in such a way where the things of God are going to seem foreign to you. Never forget that the motto of of the Christian church is to cherish, or we even call it sometimes, you know, you hear in some denominations, they call it what, a parish. But this is a place where God has set up for us to come fellowship, mingle together, draw strength from each other, understand that you're not in this thing by yourself. We have not been playing games with optional matters. This is essential to our salvation. This is not a marketplace where you go through and pick and choose what you want and what you like. This is God that said everything on the table is for your good. Everything I lay out before you is for your good. It's not a matter of picking and choosing. You see, if I don't, if I, if I don't allow God to move on my behalf, then I'm putting myself in a position to fall dead on my face. That's the way it works. Because so you understand that this world was spoken into existence. Amen. That we were spoken into existence. In other words, God took dirt, formed it. And the Bible says that he shaped it and he moved it. And then he breathed life into it. And the Bible says, then man became a living soul. It wasn't until God breathed life into us that we were able to get up, move around, walk around. So how is it then that you can move around, walk around, and feel as if you can do it without God? And so what no eyes have seen, no ears have heard, but has prepared for those who cherish him. God has laid up some stuff for us. God has set some stuff in place for us. I'm about to close. God has said, listen, you need to understand that my grace is sufficient for you. 
that nothing is impossible for God. Oh, that man would reckon with God when their plight is hopeless. You say, I am dead, no hope, no hope. Yes, you say, I am a captive, no hope with no hope. You say, I am hell-bent and doomed with no hope for me. No hope will read on, my brothers and sisters, because verse 4 reminds us, but God, but God, yes, dead, yes, captive, yes, doomed, but and once of the greatest truth of our belief is that God will never leave you nor forsaken you. That God will never run out on you. Reminded of the story of Mary. Mary, the mother of Jesus, an angel came to her and shared with her, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and you will bear a son. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be? since I have no husband. And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Holy, uh, 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 of the Most High will overshadow you. For with God, nothing is impossible. While it may seem hopeless to you, but God, while it may seem unbearable to you, but God, while it may seem like a dead end road, but God, while it may seem like there is no use in fighting any further, but God, when it seems as if your body is wrecking with pain, but God, when it seems as if the doctors have given you a bad report, but God, when it comes about uh, that all hell is broken loose, uh, but God, but God, because of his grace, according to verse 1, we were dead in our trespasses and our sins. That is, we were spiritually impotent. In other words, the corruption of sin was so deep that we had no spiritual inclination at all. We didn't even know it. Had not God called Adam and Eve, they would have been walking around not covered up. Read the story. The Bible says, that Adam and Eve, when they sinned, God called them and he said, he hid from God. I said, why did you hide? He said, because I was naked. Who told you? How did you know you were naked? I bit the fruit. And if it had not been for God showing up, they would have continued down that path. But God, when he walked by an open grave, instead of turning away from that, that stench, he, 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 he looks in and he says, I want to help that one. When he walked past your life and saw you, he said, I want to help that one. When he, when, he, when he went on the other side of town and saw you and your stuff, he, he didn't turn away. He said, I want to I help you. I want to clean you up. Once we were dead in sin, but God made us alive. Once 
we were captives to Satan, but God made us free. Once we were children of wrath, but God has promised to spend eternity unwrapping the riches of his grace and kindness towards us. God said, I'm going to, I want to be with you if you would just let me. If you would just let me. You, it's your choice. You see, God can't repent for either one of us. God can't speak for us. There are some things, family of God, that he has placed in your power and in your authority. Unless you act upon it, it will go unacted upon. And so here it is. What are you going to do? The choice is yours. God has said, I have laid it out before you. What are you going to do with it? The choice is yours. And as God has drawn us all, I'm, I'm finished. I'm finished. As God has drawn us all to this one place, as God has moved in every last one of our hearts to bring us to this place, he said, I want you here, and not just for a moment, but I want you here for a lifetime. And I'm just going to ask a question. Because there's somebody here, you may have been living for the moment. You may have been moving about in the moment. And you hadn't considered the lifetime. If there's somebody here and you want to walk with God for a lifetime and not just for a moment, I want to invite you to meet me down here at the altar. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? I understand. You know, I'm often drawn back to when I first, amen, let's put our hands together for my brother. I'm reminded, I'm reminded of that, of that day when I gave my life to Christ. I'm, I, you know, it, it, was, it was such an un, unplanned moment. <laughs> you know, I always tell the story about how I used to follow my sister to different churches. She used to sing with a, this praise team, and, 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 and my, re, my job or my responsibility was to, to watch the, the coats and the purses. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. I was... You know, they would go up to sing. We'll visit different churches, and, and they didn't want to just leave their stuff laying around. So they, that was my assignment. And, and eventually, there were coats and purses, and then I found myself surrounded by a bunch of little, little babies because a lot of the sisters that sang in the group were single parents. And so, so I, had, I had children, I had purses, and I had coats. But guess what? I loved every minute of it. It, was, it, it had gotten to the point to where I felt like that was my job. They, they would go sing, and I would go watch it, the purses, the coats, and the cheering. <laughs> and, and, and I, you know, come, come on, babies, you know, they, they, they come around Uncle John, amen. Never in my mind did I see God setting that thing up to where one day I went to the church and 
was in a meeting and the appeal came out and I found myself walking down that aisle. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't plan on it. I just knew. I didn't worry about who was watching. I didn't care less because I was doing something other than what I used to do. I was doing something other than I used to do. My president asked me one time, he said, he said, Fields, he said, man, now you, you know, you come from the streets and, you know, what was it that kept you in the church? I mean, what, what, what was it? I said, man, you know, I was just so glad to be around some folk that wasn't shooting and cussing and fussing and fighting. I was just so glad to be in an environment where I didn't have to watch my back. I can be real. I can be me. I didn't have to worry about anything. I, I just felt so free. Oh, my God, I felt so free. I didn't have to hide my shoes at night. Come on, somebody. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I don't have to worry about that. I wake up in the morning, the same folk was in the house that I laid. When I went to sleep at night, when I woke up, those same folk was there, but nobody else added. <laughs> you go to bed with five folk in the house, you wake up with 15. You're trying to figure out what other 10 come from. It's just that environment. But I was in a place where I knew it was safe and I knew God was real. And I look around here, and I know I get it. I realize, I'm just being honest with you, I get it. Some of us, we've been in this thing called church for so long where this is just what we do. But there's no real commitment to God. Come on now. There's no real commitment. <laughs> I'm laughing, but I'm telling you, I know. God knows. You ain't got to pull the wool over my eyes. I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who could save anybody. And I'm just letting you know and being real with you that you don't have to continue down that road. And it's okay. It's okay to commit. Don't worry about what's on the left and what's on the right. I'm closing with this right here. Since I've been in the church, I've found so much joy. When I go home, my friends, yeah, I still keep up with them. I ain't kick them to the curb. I ain't diss them. They know what I'm about. They know how I live. They, 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 they know. I don't, I don't get down like that. Don't bring it to me because I'm, I'm in church. But every now and again, you know, like that light bulb in the kitchen. Anybody got a kitchen when you walk through sometimes the light bulb flickers? Are y'all rich up in here? Y'all know about that? Okay. Every now and again, the bulb flickers. But I have to be reminded that I'm a child of God. Has it always been easy? No. But God. Brother Henry, <laughs> we praise God for you, man. We praise God for you. We prayed earlier. We're going to keep praying. And we'll talk a little more after this. Amen. Let's see what we can do to get you into the kingdom of God. You ready to go, to, you ready to go be with Jesus, brother? 
You ready to follow Jesus all the way? You ready to commit your life to Jesus? Yes. We're going to pray for you, man. We're going to pray for you. If there's somebody else that want to come and join, I invite you to come at this time. Is there another? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for my dear brother. Father, this was not expected. This was not planned. But you brought him to us this morning. And here he stands at the altar in need of you, oh God, to do a mighty work in his life. Father, I pray that you will pour out the riches of heaven upon him. I pray, oh God, that you will cover him with your righteousness. And that most of all, oh God, that you will save his soul for thy soon return. We pray, oh God, that you will surround him in the name of Jesus. That wherever he go, Father God, your presence would be all over him. We pray that you will hold him up. You know his heart. You know his mind. You know his circumstances. You know his needs. So, Father, fill him with your love. Fill him with your Holy Spirit. So that when you crack the sky and call your people, that he would be amongst those that will be resurrected. Thank you so much for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're about to do. In Jesus' name we pray. The people of God say amen. Amen. Amen again. God bless you, Doc. Amen. Let the church say amen for that beautiful message. But God, by grace, amen. We can all attest to that. And I want to thank Sister Sister Albina has the bus ministry. Amen. Every Sabbath, she meets somebody on the bus and she tells them the good news of salvation. Brother Harvey, you keep hanging in there. Praise the Lord. That was another young man that came here at about 11 o'clock, five minutes till. Deacons met him out there, invited, him, invited the brother in, and the brother said this was his last stop. He said he's ready to check out, Pastor. He said he's strung out. He said he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know where to turn. And he looked up and saw this church. And he walked on in. And we laid hands on that brother and prayed. Said, wasn't by chance a happenstance. God led him here. Yes. We have his contact. I told myself, Pastor, we got a pastor for you. Not just any pastor. Somebody who can empathize with what you're going through right now. And so we just want to continue to pray. Brother Jeff is his name. Because we don't have to wait to. The uh, evangelism starts. Evangelism is every day. Invite them to tell them where the water is, where the good news of salvation is. People are crying and looking for hope. Praise God. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this message by your grace that you kept us, Lord, and you continue to keep us. Don't let us get comfortable in our mess. But Lord, prick our hearts, Lord to follow you and to fall in love with you all over again. Now bless us and keep us 
dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence, is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.